Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. He's been good today already. Well, I am uh, really excited to share the message with you. As you have seen, we're in a series called Hope Has a Name, and uh, and we're actually in part three, and we've been looking at this real, solid, grounded, and founded hope we have in Jesus, uh, and that it is available to us. It is something that's offered not only to us, but to our community, uh, and it's not a false hope. It's not fake news. It's not worth trusting. It's actually something we can fully trust in because of the resurrection, and it's something that, as Hannah spoke to earlier, not only can redeem our past, but it can redefine our future. So we can have that kind of hope. And what I want to talk about today is how do we protect this hope? And it's true. On week one, I took some time to say, hey, this hope actually, it, it doesn't fade, spoil. It, it doesn't perish. It, it actually it is, is strong enough on its own, again, because of the, the resurrection. But, and so maybe today's conversation sounds funny. Like, well, why would we have to protect that kind of hope? And uh, I would say, you know, it's true, uh, that hope is secure, but the issue is not really with the hope itself. The hope Jesus offers is not fading or spoiling. It doesn't have a shelf life. Uh, in fact, there's nothing outside of us that can impact this hope and this security that it offers us. However, there are things within us that can cause us to lose our grip on this solid, grounded, and founded hope. In fact, I would say that the biggest opponents that, that, that you face when it comes to holding on to hope are not outside of you. They're not their, your circumstances or your environments. They are inside of you. And today, I want to talk about one of those, and that is worry. Worry, right? Worry, worry, worry. Uh, man, one of the biggest opponents we all face, and it really is a great topic because everybody, you and me, everybody worries about something, uh, especially now, especially in this season. And truthfully, worry is something that you and I will all have to learn to overcome if we are going to protect the hope, the living hope we have in Jesus. As I said, it's a great topic. Unfortunately, worry can be easily triggered uh, by this. Anytime, uh, anytime, whenever we have uncertainty about tomorrow, it's easy for any of us to worry. Isn't that right? Think about it. Anytime you face uncertainty, and it's kind of an easy response, worry is. Some would say it's a natural response. And yet, we all tend to worry very differently. We, we kind of have different expressions. Some of us look very different. In fact, I was thinking about this message today, and I wanted to share a few that, that I thought just different ways and see if you recognize any of these kind of worry types. Uh, the first one is this. We have our worry warriors, right? Those are, are the people in our society and in our new community who, if they don't worry, we don't know that life will go on, right? They are the ones that worry for us. Sometimes they worry about things that aren't even theirs to worry about. They're just that excited about worry. Some would say it's their spiritual gifting. It's what they offer to our society is worrying. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's not always bad. They, they, they do good things for us, for sure. Um, but truly, if they didn't worry, there may be some people who never eat. There may be some people who never get a meal. I mean, they're just their worry is that strong. Uh, if they didn't worry, we might forget about COVID. I mean, I don't know. It's, maybe that's too soon to say, but it's uh, worry warriors are looking out for us. In fact, some of you who would call yourself a worry warrior, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, 
But some of you recognize that you worry a little bit too much. And so you really try, sincerely try to worry less, but then you worry, are you worrying less enough? And that is just a conversation that doesn't end. I mean, give it up. Our worry warriors, that we definitely have those. I think on the other end of that scale, of that spectrum, you have what I have titled the unworried cadivers. Cadivers, these are the ones that appear to worry about nothing. I mean, nothing in life excites them. They are so laid back. Any cadivers in the room? Uh, no, of course not, because they're, they're cadivers. And so unworried cadivers, some of you have them. Your spouses, you, you drive your spouses crazy. They just, would you worry about anything, something? Come on, uh, raise your hand for sure. If you have someone, maybe a high schooler in your home or a college student or maybe a full-grown adult, that just you just want them to worry about anything. Like just pick a topic. It's totally fine. But honestly, uh, I think the, the unworried cadivers have a way of driving uh, the worry warriors crazy. You know, they just, they cannot fathom the idea that someone could literally be thinking about nothing. Nothing. What do you mean nothing? How can you, and the, it's true, like the computer is off. The, the, the reminders, the lock screen, it, it has no reminders on it. It is just off. I mean, that is the face and the mind of an unworried cadaver. So anybody know any of those in the room? Good? Uh, maybe, maybe. I do. I, I know a few. Uh, and then finally, uh, it, Maybe, again, we all worry differently. Uh, I tend to worry a little bit different way, and maybe you're a little bit like me. I really don't worry with my tongue. I don't worry with my thoughts. I don't ruminate a ton, uh, except for Virginia Tech football, but that's a whole other issue. I worry a lot with my hands, and so I call this the worry workers. I do not have time to sit and worry. I have to work. Like, something's got to happen. We just got to work, 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 and that's just my thing. I just work, 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 and I'm over here working, 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 and, and then we've got the warriors over here who are just worry, 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 and then you've got people in the middle who are just like, they're not even breathing, you know, you know, you're just trying to figure out, and I, I, I feel like that's kind of the, the scale of worry in our society. We're just kind of all somewhere in the middle of that, worry, 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 and working, 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 and breathing, 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 you know, whatever we have to do to stay alive. We all tend to worry about something, and just sometimes it looks a little different. Sometimes we express it a little different, and so again, I, I think that's why it's important to talk about. Uh, and so, you know, I think to get us started today, to look at this, I want to just ask us three questions that really help us get to the bottom of our worry and why we do it. Not, not just how we do it, but, but what is it? And so this first question, feel free, you don't have to raise your hand, but I'll just ask you this. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? It's a good question. I Googled it. It's a good one. Here's, a, here's another one, I think. And, and you can raise your hand to this one if this is you. Who of you have worried so much you have taken actually a year or two off your life? Anybody in the room brave enough? Yeah, I see you. You're there. Yeah, I think we can all confess. In fact, experts would say you can worry too much and, uh, and shorten that, uh, knock, knock, knock things down a few notches. Here's another great question I love. Um, how, how has worrying ever enhanced the things in your life you hold most valuable? In other words, has it, has it ever improved something for you? Has worry done those things? Has it helped? And if you're honest, the answer is probably no. So in summary, worry doesn't lengthen life, but worry can definitely shorten your life, and worry definitely isn't enhancing your life. And so, therefore, as your pastor, I just want to say, stop it. That's it. We're done. 
No, I think, I think nobody would say that, n- nobody argues. You don't have to be a Jesus follower to agree. Worry doesn't benefit your life at all. It doesn't add anything to your life, and yet it is something we all face. We run into time and time again. Even if you know these things, even if you can answer these questions, it's still difficult to know, how do I get away from worry? You, you know, I, and nobody would say, well, you know what? If I, if I hadn't worried, I guess... You know, nobody, you don't say that in life. Well, you know, if I hadn't worried, I don't know if that alarm would have gone off. Or if I hadn't worried, I don't know that 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 would have, you know, our kids would have graduated high school. I mean, maybe, maybe. But um, that's, anyways. uh, And I still think, though, that the answers to these questions, even as we look at these, we we still come to a moment where we have to wrestle with why do we worry. And it's still uh, so easy when we encounter uncertainty that we find ourselves worrying. And unfortunately, When it comes to our hopes or our future, when it comes to God's plans, there is an extraordinary quantity of uncertainty. So what I want to do today is help us see and answer the question, is there a way to deal with the uncertainties of tomorrow and not worry about it today? And I believe there is. That's what I want to help us discover. And so to do that, we're going to look at this incredible teaching, personally, one of my ones that has impacted me the most from Jesus, and he gave it on the topic of worry. See, Jesus gives these definitive insights, not just on the solution to worry, but to the problem of it. And I will tell you right up front, the problem to worry is not worry. Jesus says that the solution to conquering worry is not conquering worry. It's not controlling worry, and that's not how you control it. You don't worry about worrying less. You just, that's not how this works. He, he, Jesus wants to help us in, discover those internal motivations that drive our worry and drive our emotions. And so I'll give you right up front Jesus' diagnosis of the problem. Jesus says, check this out, that the things you are most devoted to are the things that drive your worry. The things you are most devoted to, the things that you hold on to, the things in which you trust in, the things that you are most devoted to, those are the things that you will worry about the most. In other words, your emotions, your worry, they point to your devotions. Think about that. And that's really the beginning of understanding for us, but Jesus wants to take us so much farther than that. And so we're going to look at a teaching from Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew is a, is a book written, an eyewitness account of the life of Jesus. And we're going to look at verse 24 and kind of tease this out. I'm, I'm literally going to walk through this. Many of you are familiar with this passage, but I don't want us to rush through and miss what Jesus is teaching us. And so we're really going to tease it out and understand where Jesus takes us. So if you have your Bibles, you can open to Matthew chapter 6, or you can click there or tap there, whatever works for you. But let's dive in. Verse 24, let's look what Jesus says to us. He says, no one could serve two masters. And then here's where he goes with that first kind of beginning of understanding. Either he will hate the one and love the other, check it out, he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Despise is, is, is this word for thinking lower of or putting in the mind, putting it lower in the matter. The language Jesus is using is about an order, um, a matter of order. Being devoted to, it's the idea of holding on to something or clinging to it. In other words, when everything else fails, this is what I'm sticking myself to. And then despising, that word he uses, it's the idea of 
putting lower, reordering of values in the mind and in the end in our lives. So Jesus says, look, no one can serve two masters. He will be devoted to the one and he will put the other one lower. You can't. Here's his point, that order matters and you cannot put two things first. And when it comes to your life and your decisions, order matters. What you put first determines where you go, your destination and your destiny. What you put first determines whether or not you will lose your grip on hope when you face uncertainty. And then Jesus gets very specific. And he says, you cannot serve both God and money. And money is a little tricky. It's not really the word that Jesus used. He used a word that kind of means like stuff. Like you, you can't serve God and, and this, the stuff of your life, like the, the trajectory, your own plans, your own control. You, can't, you can't, can't have it God's way and your way is really maybe a better way to say that. You can't do that. There's, there's always gonna be this tension between the two. They will war against each other, always competing for your devotion. And Jesus says, you have to decide which one is first? Which one will you be devoted to? And which one will you despise and put lower in the order of your life? And all this kind of begs this question, so, so how do I know? Is there any tell in my life? Is there anything that gives away how I can know what I am most devoted to? Not just, you know, not just the things I say I'm devoted to. I think most of us would say, oh yeah, Jesus, we're fully devoted to you. But, but how do I really know what is really driving me at the core? And that's the question that Jesus answers next. Look at what he says. He says, therefore, I tell you, it's coming up, the suspense. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life and what you will eat or drink, about, what, about your body, what you will wear. He brings up the issue of worry. He brings up the issue of our emotions. Jesus connects the devotion issue to my emotion issue. And, and what he says, he says, you know what? You want to know what you're devoted to? Look at your emotions. And Jesus is addressing worries in the context of those he was originally speaking to. You know, theirs was a hand-to-mouth kind of society. Food was not a guarantee. Clothing was expensive. It was hard to replace, you know. So not many of us, we, we can relate to that. That's not always our story. So maybe here's how we'd say it to us in the room. He'd say, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about the economy. Or do not worry about your prodigal son. Or do not worry about being single. Or do not worry about the government. Don't email me. This is Jesus. Do not worry about COVID. Listen, he says, do not worry about your life, which is just strange. What are you saying, Jesus? Are you saying I, I shouldn't care? Are these things not important? And, and I will say, no, that's not it at all. Jesus actually will clear that up later. He's not saying these things are not important. He's not saying that at all. Actually, by saying don't worry, he isn't saying don't care. And he is not removing our personal responsibility in these things. In fact, nowhere in the lifestyle or the teachings of Jesus does he remove our personal responsibility and somehow imply that that's an acceptable way to manage the, this gift we call life. No, Jesus's point here is this. Listen, all those things are important. They are. 
And there's going to be some amount of uncertainty that you will face in those things. And and not everything's going to work out the way that you would hope. But you don't have to worry about that. There's a different way to deal with the uncertainty of my tomorrow and not have to worry about it today. This is where he's taken us. And so Jesus then leans into this big question and he says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? It's back to that matter of order and devotion. And, and, and again, it's, here's how he might say it to us. Is not life more than your 401k? I mean, really, it's important, but would you ever say life equals my, my retirement? I'd say most of us wouldn't. We, we would, if we would honor that, you know, ask that, answer that honestly. Uh, is not life more than whether you get into that college? I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying that, that that's not what Jesus would say either, but isn't it more important? Isn't life more than what school you get into? And isn't life more than whether or not you get married? And isn't life more than your health? Sure, these things are important, but Jesus kind of wants to get to the heart and the core of what's driving us. He's helping us. He's helping you and helping me take an honest look at the order of our devotion. And after asking us to reevaluate these priorities, look at the irony that Jesus goes with. He says, Lord, look at the birds of the air. And I'm like, what? Like that does not speak to any man. I mean, maybe a bird watcher, but like what? Look at the birds. Jesus, I don't have time for that. I need a job. Jesus, my 10th my grader is failing 10th uh, grade. Like I, I don't have any transportation. Jesus, what are you doing? Look at the birds of the air. What is he doing? Look at what he's doing. He, here's what he's doing. See, he res- recognizes that, that we're all out here and we're working, working, working. And then there's a group over here that's, that's just, you know, worry, worry, worry. And, and he's trying to get us out of our hyper-focused emotions and just kind of take a step back and think about something that's bigger than what's immediately in our face. We've been talking about that. What's immediately right here, what I see. He says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. Listen to Jesus again. The birds of the air, they don't have a 401k. They don't have a college education. Listen, the birds do not have plans or budgets or a lock screen on their phone with reminders to which all the cadavers said, amen, I love it. That's not what they have. And yet, your heavenly father feeds them and he cares for them. And he says, And are you not much more valuable? See, Jesus is not just asking you what's important, but what he's really asking you is what do you believe? What he's really asking you is, do you believe that God cares more for you than he does these birds? Do you believe that God is more concerned about you? You who was made in his image, who bears his thumbprint. You who was masterfully designed in every detail from the passions of your heart to the number of heads, hairs on your head. Definitely not the number of heads on your hairs. <laughs> to you, you of whom God says, when I see you, I think about me. And when I want you to see me, I want you to think about how much I love you. In fact, I'll, I'll do so much. I will love you so much. I'm going to send a savior into the world that is fully like me and fully like you so that you can know and have a personal relationship with me so that you can have a second chance at the full life I've made for them and so that you can hold on to hope no matter what you face. 
Sure, the things you worry about are important, but aren't you more important to God? That is a word that needs to settle in the soul of our church, of our nation. Come on. Yeah, these things are important, but aren't we more important to God? And then Jesus asked another question. I mean, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Is the worry working? Is getting worked up like that, is that really the response you think God wants you to have? He wants for you, not just from you. Let me ask it this this way. Will worrying today bring any certainty into the next day? It won't. So if that's the case, let's allow God to speak to our hearts about what's really going on. And I I hope you receive that, that you're open to reevaluate what you believe and what you're trusting in, that you need to settle in on this idea. Look at the birds. Look at how much God loves them, and yet how much more he cares about you in the day-to-day. And you do so, and you do reap, and you do store in barns, and you do save. And if you will do everything you can in the now and what you do have control over, can you really believe that God will take care of your next now? Can you trust him there? Jesus, he's bringing people to this point and he keeps pressing in. He says, look, he says, now, and why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow. They don't labor and spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and has no tomorrow, each tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you. And then he goes right to the heart of this whole message. And he says, oh, you of little faith. He's not coming down on us. He's just addressing that this is a heart issue. This is a trust issue. That our emotions naturally get attached to the things we are most devoted to. And Jesus says, the reason it may be easy for you to lose your hope is because you've allowed yourself to become devoted to the wrong things. Not unimportant things. Things we need to care about. Things we need to think about. But things that aren't the first things. See, when it comes to Jesus, order always matters. You agree with that? Can you receive that? Order always matters when it comes to Jesus. And you and I can only put our full devotion, our full trust in one thing in this life. And I know where you get stuck. It's where I get stuck. I get stuck on this. God, I know you can. I just don't know if you will, right? Like I know you can help me get a good job. I I know you can help me get into school. I know you can provide for my finances in the middle of all this. God, I I know that you do hold the future and that it's bigger than what I see, but I just don't know if you will. And to that, I believe Jesus looks you and I in the eye and he says, just trust God. Just trust him. Just trust him. Trust him with that tomorrow. Because the issue of your worry is really an issue of your faith and of your confidence in God. And then Jesus, he peels the onion one more layer before he gives us a solution. He says, listen, so don't worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. For the pagans, people who don't believe that there's a God you can know, they they run after all these things. And yet, your heavenly father knows that you need them. 
He knows. Your heavenly father knows. He knows what you need. Imagine what it could be like if you could wake up tomorrow and live every other day like you, you knew that he knows. That he knows what you need on the practical level. He knows what you need on the emotional level, on the relational level. He knows what you need on the financial level. He understands those things. He sees your tomorrow. He knows what you need in your tomorrow. What if you really live like your heavenly father knows? What do you really believe? Come on, Jesus is, I think he's grabbing us by the shoulders and he says, come on. In this season right now, this world needs a church that knows that they know that there's a God who knows. They know that there's a God who holds a tomorrow that is not going to be shaken. They're not going to lose hold of their hope because they know that God knows. And he's saying, come on, how about you? You who are of so little faith, you who, who worry, why don't you take that worry or that work or that, that, that position that you have and turn it to faith? That's exactly what Jesus gives us here in this answer. He says this. He gives us a principle. He says, so if you're worried about your tomorrow, if you're worried about your uncertainty, what you can do instead is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness in the today. That is the solution that Jesus is driving home to stop worrying. And it's not just to stop worrying. It's not to stop caring. It's actually to redirect our devotion. In fact, every moment of worry is an incredible opportunity you and I have to take our next step of faith in Jesus, our next step of trusting him. Worry reveals what you and I have been putting too much stock into, not unimportant things, just not the first things. And when you start to feel that worry come over you, that's the moment to decide to redirect your devotion to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. What does that mean? It means to put his agenda first. It means to trust his priorities, trusting God's ways of rightness in your life. It means if there's ever a shortcut for you to get financial gain in this season, but it will destroy your character, you say, you know what? I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and I'm gonna trust Jesus to take care of my tomorrow. It means that even if though, though this marriage is broken and I might have every right to retaliate and make sure they pay, I'm going to say no. I'm going to seek first my, his kingdom and his righteousness and trust in Jesus to hold my tomorrow. Seek first his kingdom. Don't worry. Don't work harder. Instead, put your confidence in Jesus. This is really the invitation Jesus is coming to. This is the moment he brings us to. In fact, it really is the bottom line of what following Jesus is all about. It's not just believing that. It's not just believing that Jesus died on the cross. It's not just believing that God died for you. But the change begins when I can say, I trust him. I trust in God to take care of my relationships. I'm going to do what I can on my end today, but I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to trust God to lead my life and lead me to a place of purpose. I'm going to trust God to secure my hope, even though I can't see the road to the next day yet. And when you surrender like that, I'm telling you, if you never had that moment, when you surrender like that and you truly transfer all of your devotion onto him, it's incredible what God will do. Here's actually the crazy thing Jesus says. If you will seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, come on, many of you know it. All these things, what an incredible offer to put on the table. Jesus did, not me. He says, if you will seek 
All these things, these important things you worry about, these important things that you just work, work, work at, Jesus says, come on, all these things, I'll watch out for you because I know, I know that you need them. I know you can trust that I'm a God who knows, the Father who knows us. Jesus is giving you and he's giving me permission not to obsess or worry about tomorrow because he will be in our tomorrow. Jesus says, you just be responsible with the today I've given and trust me with my tomorrow. So let me just put this all into a big thought for us and we're gonna close our time together. But the one thing to know is that the next time tomorrow feels uncertain, make today about your first devotion. The next time tomorrow tends to, begins to feel shakier, begins to feel like it, it, you, you can't see straight. I'm gonna ask you the next time you, you feel uh, kind of ready to posture yourself in worry or to begin ruminating in worry or to begin working with your hands, like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna focus and get my thing done. No, 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 but the next time you feel that, that posture kind of coming over you, that mindset, would you just instead make the decision right now that when that happens, you will transfer your devotion to Jesus it's this kind of prayer. It's saying, God, even here, even now, I feel like worrying. I feel so uncertain, but I'm going to choose to trust you. It's this prayer. Jesus, show me how to seek you in the here and now. And I promise you, if you will pray that prayer, he will answer. I promise you, if Jesus, if you, if you ask Jesus that prayer, he will speak to you and show you what it looks like in every moment and every day to seek him and to trust that he's the God who knows? So here's my question for you. What are you worrying about? What are you worrying about? And man, if you know Jesus at all, you know that he is ruthless about making sure that you and I don't build our lives on something that is just fake and false hope. So what are you worried about? Because Jesus wants to set you free. And because Jesus wants to teach you that he is a good God. You have a great heavenly father who knows what you need. And I want you to think about all the things you're worrying about right now. Just all the things that really just have you just anxious. And, and I just want you to think, what would happen if I decided to, to transfer my devotion and you know, just to speak frankly, I know that means it doesn't mean that all the emotion immediately stops, right? Anybody there? Like I can have moments where I am, my anxiety is like bubbling inside of me and I just stop and say, God, like I feel this way, but that's not gonna leave me today. And I wanna be so aware of how to seek you in this moment. What would it look like for you if you did that? What would it look like? I mean, I want you to imagine your life. Think about it for real, a year, five years down the road. I, for some of you, you need to imagine your life in the next four years of America. <laughs> some of you need to imagine your life in the next 30 days with COVID. What would it look like if you chose not to obsess and worry, but right now you chose to make every moment of worry an opportunity to worship, to seek first? I'll tell you what, you wouldn't stop worrying because you stopped caring. And, and you wouldn't stop worrying because those things aren't important to you. But I do believe that you could stop worrying because you're trusting in Jesus. 
that is the invitation Jesus offers to you and to me today. To stop worrying. To transfer our devotion fully on him who can make a way. And we have seen him move. I know in your life, maybe you've seen him move mountains. And I just believe in this season right now, for our new community, for our greater community, for our generation, they need to see God move again. Amen? They need to see a God who knows again. Man, they they need to experience that. And we have the opportunity in every moment of worry to express a moment of worship in our community. Man, that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for us today, that we would learn how to do that. Not that we would just stop worrying, but that we would start trusting at a whole nother level. And I believe if we would do that, we would never lose hope. Would you pray with me? Just bow your heads and just open your heart. I know there's been a lot of words today, and I know, honestly, I know we've taken some extra time to just kind of pass through this moment. Here's what I want to say. I just want to invite you more than anything else to open your heart to what the Lord wants to speak you hear Jesus ask you that question what are you worried about if you're in a place today where you just need to make that transfer of devotion you just need to offer Jesus back some things that you've really kind of taken control of that you've just been driving you and driving you at your core just going to invite you it doesn't have to be a big expression I'm not asking for anything like that but just open your hands just right in front of you for no one else to see just just, just open your hands and offer that back to Jesus. Offer that as a place. Maybe it is your finances. Maybe it is your family or your relationships. So you just open your hands and just offer that back to him and say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you here. And I'm going to transfer who has control and give it back to you. Would you do that as I just pray for you? Heavenly Father, this is more than just teaching or words or principles. This is about a heart exchange you want to make in us right now. And so I pray that you would come by your presence, God, and as people have opened their hands and their hearts to you, that you would would pull out those things that have been driving their worry. God, you knew about this day was coming. You knew what was going to happen on Friday that would set this up. You knew who'd be in the room. You knew about the conversations that would be had this weekend. And yet I believe you brought us here because you wanted to say and have the first word to say, hey, let me hold this. So I just pray for people right now as they offer this to you, would you come by your spirit, God, and would you bring peace that surpasses their understanding? And God, would you bring a grace that that gives them courage to stand in this season and not to worry and obsess about a tomorrow that they cannot see? But Lord, when they face that uncertainty, that they would be able to put their trust fully in you. God, I pray for the homes that are represented here for families and for children, that there would be a sense of your peace and your presence in those homes. Lord, as as there are students that are in school, as there are students that are coming home with, with news or new reports, and Lord, I pray that there would be a peace that covers 
those homes, that they would know you're the God who knows. You're the God who cares for them. You're the God who watches over them. And God, we pray together. Come on, pray with me. We pray, God, that you would come and you would control the tomorrow, Lord, that, it, that COVID is, is putting in front of us. God, that you would, you would heal this community. God, you would protect this community. You would uh, keep it safe, Lord, and that there would be a great witness that you are the God who knows us and that cares for us. God, we pray for those right now who are so bound by anxiety in our community, so bound by anxiety right here in this room, that you would come right now and you would break them free. God, Jesus, that they would know the power of the Son of God that can set us free. God, I pray that you would bring that. God, that you would move and have your way and teach us how to have the courage to trust you even as we face uncertainty. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.